Yeah, good evening and welcome to Wednesday's Richie Allen Radio Show, the 6th of November. November, did he say? God, not not there yet. It's uh, September 6th, 2023. I've got a uh, wonderful guest for you this uh, program today. We're going to be talking about something very interesting. I'd like to hear from you during the program. Reach out to me via the app for the program. That's uh, the Richie Allen Show app or richieallen.co.uk. There you are. Look forward to hearing from you, so I do. It's the Richie Allen Show. Broadcasting live on richieallen.co.uk and multiple platforms around the world. And now, here's your host, Richie Allen. Yeah, now Dr. Naomi Wolf has published a very interesting article on her Substack account. And this was sent to me by Jean Ann Crowley, a very good friend of mine and of the programs, a former. Well, she's not a former, I suppose you're always a journalist, but Jean Ann, of course, very successful actress uh, and wore many hats and does wear many hats uh, even these days. Now, uh, the article is entitled Expressionless Babies, Bored Lovers and Other Changes in the Human Condition. And in the article, Dr. Naomi Wolf is asking about the impacts of the COVID mRNA shots and do they go far beyond injuries like myocarditis and other injuries like those. It's fascinating. And I want to get into this with Mark Bayerski today. And why do I want to do that? Well, I'll tell you why. Because if your memory is a good one, if your memory is long, you might remember about two years ago on this very program, Mark Bayerski effectively laid out on this program that theory as um, written by Dr. Naomi Wolf on Substack this week. Yes, he did. So uh, I've asked him to come on the program to talk about this and other things. He'll be on with me in around about 35 minutes or thereabouts. You will have an input, no doubt. As I said, send it to me via the app or via the website richieallen.co.uk. Little bit of housekeeping. A number of you have said to me that you sent something to the P.O. box address for the program or the mailbox address for the program and had I received it? No, I haven't received anything. So what I've done is I've reached out to the Royal Mail and asked them and they're looking into it and it'll be sorted before too long. It could very well be that the depot where the PO box is, that they don't understand that they need to send, sorry, to deliver it to BBG Towers. They might be under the mistaken... Um, belief they might be working on the b- basis that I've got to go and collect it, which is not what the program pays for. We pay for it to be delivered. So anyway, if you did said, send something, hopefully I will have it in the next couple of days. I know people have said to me they've sent books and other things like that. Okay, leave it with me. Spoke to a nice lady called Vicky from the Royal Mail today. She was very good. We'll get that sorted. Um, something or nothing, maybe something, maybe definitely something, uh, the media is obsessed with inclement weather in far away places, isn't it? More and more as time goes on. Uh, they're linking bad weather, which they no longer call bad weather, by the way. It's extreme weather now, and linking it to climate change. Now, Sky News this morning, uh, Kay Burley with her big mad ginger head on her. Uh, Kay tells us she's done more live TV than anyone else you know, as if it matters whether it's live or not. Like Ken Barlow would be like, bitch, please. I've been living on Coronation Street since 1960, so stick your life 
telly up your backside. 1960, that poor El Fecker has been in the same programme. Uh, that show, by the way, is filmed in Media City now, and I do regularly pass, not bump into, pass cast members on my early morning run. I do, honestly. Um, and I shout at them, bring back Curly Watts and Reg Holdsworth and stuff like that. I don't really. Jesus, Beth Lynch had some pair of knockers on her, didn't she? That kind of thing. God bless her. Anyway, climate change, extreme weather, Sky News, Brazil, Europe, what's going on? What could possibly be going on? Now, at least 21 people have died. Hundreds have been forced from their homes in Brazil after dozens of cities were hit by a cyclone. In the state of Rio Grande do Sol, uh, around 60 cities battered by the storm there. The town of Musum was uh, worst hit. 15 people died in one property Alone. Let's yeah, but there's plenty of people in Brazil. Kay. Let's get more uh, with Emma. We don't know if they were all members of the same family, but all in the same property, yeah, in the same house. Now, now this is a, a, a program that's broadcast to British people, at seven a.m. to ten a.m. Monday to Friday, and the relevance of this to British audiences or a British audience uh, is lost on me. It isn't relevant at all. Is that a cyclone in Brazil has killed twenty people and? Uh, some people were wa- washed away from, from, from a single house. That's pretty shitty, I suppose, if it happens to you. But it's in Brazil and it doesn't really have any relevance to a British audience. So what's going on? It's, it's hard to get your head round, really, It really isn't is, it? yeah. The scale of this is quite unbelievable. The waters have been absolutely gushing over a vast area. We're talking 60 cities in all. Uh, the rivers have burst their banks. There was torrential rain. There was also hail and some incredible feats of bravery. You can see here they are rescuers forming a human chain absolutely stretched out, dragging, hauling that dinghy to safety. Yeah, dinghy to safety. So we've seen this before over the years. We've seen it in the UK. River burst its banks, floods streets, people can't get around. They often resort to turning up to people's houses with inflatable boats and other boats to take people out to transport them to safety. We've seen this before. Not just in Brazil. It's a cyclone. This, this kind of stuff happens. So she moves on pretty swiftly. Problems in Europe as well, actually, um, Emma, particularly Greece. Um, flooding there have left 300 people stranded at an airport on the island of Skiathos. Siobhan has more for us on that one. Uh, what's going on, Siobhan? Good morning. Oh, the humanity. 300 people have been stranded in an airport. Morning, Kay. Yes, this is all because of Storm Daniel, which began hitting parts of western and central Greece from Monday. Very heavy rain causing big issues, particularly on the islands of Skiathos, as well as areas uh, including Volos on the mainland and Pelion. Now, the pictures we're seeing coming from those areas in the last few days include water rushing down streets, cars being washed into the sea. On the island of Skiathos, we talked to a British tourist who said they'd all been told to stay in their hotels. Yeah, British tourists have been told to stay in their hotels. So the images they use are very apocalyptic. They very carefully select the images to accompany these stories. So this is television, obviously. We're listening to TV. You're listening to the radio. You can't see them, but you've seen the images before. Rushing water, people reaching out, outstretched hands, all very, oh, this is terrible. Look at the humanity and all of that. What's really going on? Why are we hearing about these things constantly now? Stay off the streets. I've just had an update, actually, from our contact in Greece who said the curfew in Skiathos has just been lifted and actually flights are going in and out of the airport there. Uh, the minister's 
uh, who have been watching this in Greece have warned that there would be more heavy rain this morning before Storm Daniel passes, but rain continuing for much of the week in some of those areas. So we're expecting to see continued problems. Also issues for other parts of Europe as well. Turkey has seen flooding, particularly on the Bulgarian border and also in Istanbul. On that Bulgarian border, 12 people were swept away in floodwaters. Four are still missing. Two 12 people swept away Bulgarian border. You might think it's a slow news day. What's really going on here? And we get to pay off in a few minutes, so I'll skip forward a little bit. ...said that the last three months have been the hottest ever recorded on Earth. Last three months, hottest ever recorded on Earth, says the Sky reporter. And 2023 is the second hottest year on record behind 2016. The UN Secretary General actually saying... That saying what? What did the UN Secretary General say? This, the dog days of summer are not just barking... Their biting climate breakdown has begun. Okay, for now, thank you. Thanks, says Kay. What did she say? The dog days of summer are not just barking, they're biting. The dog days of summer are not barking, they're biting. Climate breakdown has begun. And that's what it's all about. That's why, increasingly, as um, 2023 has developed, increasingly, not just Sky News, but ITN and the BBC, looking for stories of uh, flooding, of a cyclone, of a bit of a storm anywhere in the world, rushing the pictures, the video uh, to air, and then talking about climate breakdown, which is nonsense. I mean, it's, it's beyond the pale how bad that is, right? It's very Orwellian, that anyway, isn't it? A climate breakdown. What the fuck does climate breakdown mean? The climate hasn't broken down. It's changing all the time, of course, according to the proximity of the Earth to the sun, solar activity and all the rest of it, interglaciation period. But we're seeing it. And I don't spend too much time watching RTE, the Irish national broadcaster, the news, because I don't get the chance. I, I try when I can, but I... Assume, and maybe by doing that I make an ass out of you and out of me, but I would imagine they're carrying on in the same way. Look at these floods over here. 12 people slept, swept away 3,000 miles ago. And the UN Secretary General said the dog days of summer have whatever. Climate breakdown is here. It isn't. And it's what they want to introduce. And we'll come back to that in a few minutes' time because there was a vegan guy from a university in... Uh, it doesn't matter which university. Uh, Good Morning Brit, <coughs> Good Morning Britain this morning introduced a vegan guy who had some pretty mad things to say about diet. We'll hear from him in a moment. But Wednesday is the day when the Prime Minister of the UK, Rishi Sunak, or whoever it happens to be, uh, fields questions from MPs at Westminster, including a series of questions from the Leader of the Opposition. So he does that for about a half an hour every Wednesday from noon. Andrew Bridgen, do you remember Andrew Bridgen, former Conservative Party MP, had the whip removed, effectively meaning he's kicked out of the party, right? Had the whip removed because he dared to quote an Israeli doctor or scientist, I can't remember, the Israeli doctor or scientist who said that COVID jabs were the worst thing to happen to humanity since the Holocaust. Yeah? Now, previously... Bridgen had attempted to raise a debate on vax harms in Westminster uh, where about six or seven MPs turned up. Bear that in mind. Bridgen had the whip removed because he quoted an Israeli who likened the jabs 
to or didn't liken the jabs to the Holocaust, but said it's about the worst thing to happen to humanity since the Holocaust. Not a comment Bridgen made himself, but a comment he highlighted. So he's gone because apparently that's anti-Semitism. But uh, for the moment, he remains as a sitting MP. So today, independent Andrew Bridgen uh, was given a chance to ask one question and one question only to the Prime Minister Rishi Sunak, a kesht, as we say back home at PMQs. Have a listen. Andrew Bridgen. Speaker, last week the Prime Minister stated that he was proud of his furlough scheme. I wonder, Mr Speaker, if he's equally proud of the $400 billion it put on the national debt and the inflation it's caused. Was he proud of the jobs lost, businesses closed and lives crushed due to the lockdowns? Is he proud of the increased NHS waiting list, premature deaths and the one million young people now needing mental health support? And finally, Mr Speaker, is he, is he, is he proud of the excess deaths affecting every one of our constituencies that nobody wants to talk about? And will he give an undertaking to the British public, a solemn undertaking that they will never be inflicted upon them ever again? Well, Mr Speaker, as the Honourable Gentleman knows, there is a formal inquiry regarding COVID which will examine all the decisions uh, that were made, including, including lockdown and the impacts of them. No, no, there's a whitewash underway. Uh, the COVID inquiry is a whitewash. It's more concerned and seemingly almost exclusively concerned with uh, the families of people who passed away from COVID. And their concerns is that the country maybe didn't lock down soon enough and maybe the country came out of lockdown too quickly. The COVID inquiry will be a whitewash. It will not be looking at whether uh, lockdowns did far more harm than the pretty mild respiratory illness that COVID was, if even that. So he's lying is Rishi Sunak there. His lips are moving. Uh, but with regard to the furlough scheme, Mr Speaker, I am proud that at a time of extreme anxiety in the country... Extreme anxiety? I'm proud that at a time of extreme anxiety in the country, I told people to stay at home and commit economic suicide. I paid them to do so without really being upfront about the fact that the country would eventually have to foot that bill and that economic collapse would follow. Such a ridiculous decision. Mm. ...an unprecedented situation that this government put its arms around the British public to ensure that we protected 10 million jobs. And as the report from the ONS showed last week, those actions, combined with all the other things we did to support the economy, ensured that we had the fastest recovery through the pandemic of any European nation. And he didn't answer any of the points made, of course, by Andrew Bridgen, namely that a million young people in this country need mental health treatment as a result a direct result of being forced to, you know, stay away from their friends and not to socialise and not to be going to university and not to be going to school and not to be going playing sports and all the things that kids do. Didn't answer that, nor did he answer Bridgen's point about the fact that hundreds of thousands of people are on waiting lists as long as 18 months in this country. Your presenter, of course, was told that he wouldn't get a CT scan for over a year and had to go private, despite paying national insurance, just like you do, and paying it every year that I've lived in this country. Mad stuff, right? Bridging. What do you make of bridging? Uh, RichieAllen.co.uk or send a message directly through the app for the programme. By the way, did you hear the disgusting heckling that was going on when Bridgen stood up from people he would have once counted as friends, I would imagine. Listen. Mr. Speaker, is he, is he, is he proud 
of the excess deaths. Sit somewhere else then, they were screaming at him. You're not welcome. Sit somewhere else next time, they were screaming at Bridgen. While he was, um, whatever you think of Bridgen, and I'm no fan of the Tories, of course, uh, he was telling the truth when he was outlining all the consequences of the dystopian, draconian, diabolical lockdowns as they were. You know, I wish British parliamentarians were more like their Eastern European counterparts who love a good punch-up, don't they? It's a shame Bridgen didn't stick the head on that arsehole, heckling him, telling him to sit somewhere else next time. Bosh! Forward, right on the bridge of the nose. I'll sit where I want. I'll sit where I want, pal. I don't endorse, you know I don't endorse violence. I'm, that's a fantasy. Cartoon, that's a fantasy. Couldn't let this go. The jabs have harmed people, we know this. Lockdowns have harmed them too, we know that. Sickness everywhere. Kids' mental health. Bridging outlined it. Waiting lists that go on for miles and miles. Never-ending waiting lists. Spoke to a guy in Buell Hill Park in Salford the other morning whose wife has been waiting nearly nine months for a hip replacement and she's in agony. Taking Oxycontin and stuff. Terrified about becoming addicted to painkillers. Nine months. This is a lady in her early 70s. Worked all her life and, as I said, paid national insurance her entire life. Is just waiting and waiting and waiting. Eventually her leg will fall off. But maybe it won't get as bad as that. It's a shit show, right? Now this is blamed on the Tories uh, by um, LBC's James O'Brien. Uh, the Tories are proper shower of shite to be sure. I have no time for them. Uh, but he blames it on Brexit too and he blames it on the media for not doing... Uh, its job, ironically, considering he is the media. Uh, have a listen. As you will see when you read or hear anyone talking about Birmingham City Council this week. Uh, yeah, he's, he brings up Birmingham City Council, which announced this week that it is effectively bankrupt, doesn't have any money. Birmingham City Council, the local authority, has no money, zero money, for anything, for any projects. And I read in the Times this afternoon, and I read in the Telegraph, that not... Not not just because of this. It'll be because of many reasons. Mismanagement, maybe misappropriation, maybe. But one of the things Birmingham City Council was very good at was spending fortunes on changing names, uh, sorry, street names, street sign names, and changing the wording of other signs in public to make them more inclusive, dear listener. Apparently, if you believe the Times, they've spent millions of pounds on a problem that didn't exist. On, on, on something that nobody complained about. You've got to change the street signs. Changing it. Why? Well, because we're very diverse in Birmingham and they're, they're not very inclusive. Now, nobody, no minority gave a damn about any of this, but Birmingham City Council apparently spent millions of pounds. And that's just one instance. Now it says it doesn't have a pot to piss in. We've got nothing. The largest local authority in Europe. Amazing stuff, right? So O'Brien then... I mentions that, and then he mentions this. this morning, the British media consists of about 80% Tory cheerleaders who almost take their orders over lunch from central office and pursue whatever direction the government wants them to pursue. That, in the course of the next year, will fall apart like a cheap suit. As the realisation lands that it's not going to be a Tory government, almost certainly, almost as important, then they will do what they always do and just slightly recalibrate, change their style slightly, because they need access and they need access to power. But just watch it happening. You've seen it with Brexit already. Find me a journalist that supported Brexit and I'll find you a journalist that never talks about it. Well, I can name 20 journalists who supported Brexit who do bleat on about it all the time on GB News and on Talk TV. So typically James O'Brien is lying. 
There are plenty of journalists, including Alison Pearson, who writes for The Telegraph, and others who are staunch Brexiteers, remain staunch Brexiteers. Uh, so they haven't gone uh, running or, or hiding from Brexit. They talk about it. In fact, many of these uh, so-called journalists will, will talk about it in the context of, well, we didn't properly leave the European Union. We're still kind of hooked to it like uh, a baby is hooked to an umbilical cord kind of a thing. Anyway, what does he say next? This is what really pissed me off. Funny that, isn't it? Considering the responsibility we have to our listeners and our readers to actually give you the information that you need to make informed choices. What? Considering the responsibility we have to our listeners and our readers to actually give you the information that you need to make informed choices. Say that again? Considering the responsibility we have to our listeners and our readers to actually give you the information that you need to make informed choices. The COVID jabs have killed... I I don't know what the number is, but um, in any other year, in any other time when a vaccine was offered to the public. In any other time, it would have been stopped immediately and there would have been an investigation. Okay, we know this through the yellow card reporting system here in the UK where people who have had a jab get to report adverse events. The COVID jabs have killed untold numbers of people. They've seriously injured many more. That has happened because James O'Brien, who said this... Considering the responsibility we have to our listeners and our readers to actually give you the information that you need to make informed choices. Because when he was on the air from whatever time in the morning he goes on air till whatever time he comes off air, all the way through 2020, 2021 and 2022, he deliberately did not inform his listeners that the mRNA jabs, brand new technology, no long-term safety data, jabs which had caused catastrophe in the lab animals they were injected into. He didn't tell them, he didn't inform them of that. When he, when, when he, when, when the lockdown was announced in March of 2020, there was no bigger cheerleader of that than James O'Brien. When politicians like the Mayor of London, Sadiq Khan, and other uh, uh, Labour friends of James O'Brien would go on LBC Media to talk up the necessity of lockdown, he never challenged it. That hasn't had anything to say at all about the disruption to the education of children in this country and the mental health implications of that. And yet this is proper gas... I mean, this is gaslighting in the extreme. In the extreme, right? But I mean, but I mean, in, in consider, the extreme. Considering the responsibility we have to our listeners and our readers to actually give you the information that you need to make informed choices. Yeah, except y- you don't give your listeners nor your readers the information they need to make informed choices. In fact, you do the exact opposite of that. You bury the information that people need to make informed choices. And that, in my book, makes you, well, it makes you an accessory to manslaughter. You had one job and one job only. Challenge it. Question it. Ask questions. Hold a microscope up against it or a magnifying glass up against it and say, well, hang on a second, what's going on here? Why do we need to lock down? Why do we need to keep going back into lockdowns? Why do we need to give jabs to children? James O'Brien, 23 minutes past the hour. Gaslighting in the extreme, our responsibility to give people information so that they can make informed choices. They don't do that at all. They do the opposite. They withhold information from people, which would enable them to make informed choices and would probably mean that more people would be alive today uh, than, than are not alive. Right. Thank you for your messages. Uh, RichieAllen.co.uk Send them to me via the app for the programme, the Richie Allen Show app, and you're sending them in with gusto. Hi to Rich. How are you doing, Rich? Thank you for getting the app. I really appreciate that. What's happened here now? 
It's all gone a bit mad. Yeah, uh, hi to Keely. Hi, Keely. Richie, it might be worth having someone on from Geoengineering Watch. Thank you. I'll have a look at that. Hi to Brian, who's in the Algarve. Hi, Brian. Uh, hi to uh, uh, another Brian who sent me a link to an article about Elon Musk. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Hi to William, who's monitoring the mainstream media news channels and have found Al Jazeera far worse than Sky and the BBC as far as pushing climate change propaganda. Thank you very much. Christine says, my son Michael and his family are in Madrid at the CrossFit Madrid Championships. They have a 5k run on Sunday. Thunderstorms are expected there, Sons Law, says Christine. Paulie says, these Muppets which uh, who pop up on the news to chat about climate deliver so much buzzword laden BS. They sound like sound bites from a bad disaster movie. Uh, Paula says, Richie, it's geoengineering. These weather events, says Paula. Uh, have you seen Hawaii? They've used directed energy weapons for a land grab, says Paula. But how do you know that to be absolutely true, Paula? That's an opinion, but I haven't seen any evidence of any directed energy weapons. Would somebody send me a photograph of a directed energy weapon? I'm not saying they don't exist. Don't lose your minds and start shouting at me. Let's have a, let's have a civilised, grown-up, intellectual conversation. People talk about directed energy weapons. Where are these weapons? And has anybody photographed one? Because I'd like to see it, and then maybe we could talk about it um, with, with a bit of knowledge. You know, I could talk about it with, with, with some sort of um, uh, certainty that these things do uh, exist. Hi to Don, who says Andrew Bridgen is a hero. Hi to Phil, who says those who uh, should... Uh, I, you'll have to resend that, Phil. I don't understand it. Uh, please do me a favour. Before you press send, read out loud the message you are about to send me. And ask yourself, is it, you know, likely I'll be able to read that out um, and then correct it or amend it accordingly, right? Hi to Wiz. And, uh, and Don says, no, I'm not going to repeat that. 26 minutes past the hour. Uh, live comment, by the way, richieallen.co.uk. Uh, that's uh, someplace else you can leave messages. I look forward to reading your messages out during the programme. Thank you for them. Chris the Gardener says, Richie, looking forward to hearing Mark and the discussion about the doc. Naomi Wolf article which uh, Jean Ann sent me it's on Substack I will put a link to it on the podcast notes when the live radio show is over very interesting I mean extremely interesting right expressionless babies bored lovers and other changes in the human condition I'll read a bit of it in a few moments time and then we will have Mark on the programme uh, people in Glasgow are complaining that rats as big as small dogs can be seen roaming around in certain parts of the city. Here's Talk TV and Mike Graham. But up in Glasgow, they've literally got rats the size of small dogs. They've got rats the size of chihuahuas, according to the local residents of the west end of Glasgow, which is a particularly nice part of Glasgow, generally speaking. But this particular street, which is called Earl Street, uh, has got bins that are overflowing. Uh, the bin men have now refused to empty them because they're worried about being bitten by the giant rats. I mean, that is a pretty big-looking rat, but that's got nothing uh, on the actual rats that you see uh, in Earl Street in Glasgow. They're going to do it again. There we are. Because that's what they look like. If you see one of these things coming at you, what do you do? Uh, if I were you, I'd get out of the way. Um, I would try and hit it with something, maybe a tennis racket if you've got one, that's good. Um, but what I would say to you is, do not go near them, because if you do get bitten by a rat, you could get all sorts of horrible diseases. 
Nobody knows what to do. The residents are terrified. The bin men are terrified. Chris Mitchell is the GMB convener for Glasgow's cleansing workers, says our members' health and well-being are being put at risk because the areas are now overrun by huge rats. Is that right? I know the, the show has a healthy listenership in Scotland. Is there any truth to this that rats as big as chihuahuas are openly roaming parts of the city or is this more right-wing talk radio bullshit? Does, it, does anybody know? I mean, he ran a video of these rats and they didn't look as big as chihuahuas. Speaking of dogs, German Shepherd had her big fright this morning, my German Shepherd. She was stung uh, on just under her top lip. Stung she was by a wasp. And my missus had to get a tweezers to remove the, the, the sting. And then we, we gave her some um, steterazine hydrochloride. I was advised to give her one milligram per kilogram, if you get me. And she's just over 30 kilograms. So her face, her face, she's a dog, right? Um, it swelled up a bit. She looked a bit mad. I should have photographed it. And she was very, 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 very much feeling sorry for herself. Properly went into herself. In fact, I had a bit of a panic attack because I thought... What I thought, her sulk, I thought her sulk was, was lethargy. And I thought, this is not good. I might have to rush her to the vet. But it wasn't. She was just feeling sorry for herself. Anyway, she got three 10 mil steterazine tablets. And after a while, the swelling went down. And she eventually recovered. And she began running around the house with, um, with uh, great vigour and enthusiasm after the golden retriever. So she bit a wasp and got stung. That might teach her. And uh, yeah... So you, you, you live and learn, don't you? Funny enough, our vet had said to me previously about another issue. If, if she ever gets any sort of a, or suffers any sort of an allergic reaction, Richie, you can give her Pyroton or whatever. And just, this, this is the dose basically for the big dog. So I had that. Um, I was armed with that knowledge, you see, this morning. So she's good, she's good. I mentioned um, vegan nutters. Now look, I, I use this language it's inflammatory sometimes, but I do it with um, my tongue and my, my cheek, really. I don't mean this. It's just me messing around. I say vegan nutter. Uh, some very close friends of mine are vegan. Some are vegetarian. I had a period in my teens after seeing a terrible documentary about animal welfare where I didn't eat meat for about four years, right? Don't ask me why I, I returned, but anyway, I did. So, so I, I have respect for people's choices. But the climate change thing and the need for people to understand that climate collapse is imminent and therefore human behaviour must drastically change in order to prevent the climate from collapsing totally or climate breakdown, as that madman from the UN said. The dog days of summer are not just barking, they're biting. Climate breakdown has begun. And a guy was on, the guy's name is irrelevant, he's a student, he was on Good Morning Britain, presented these days, uh, sometimes co-presented by Ed Balls, as you know, former Labour frontbencher, right? Yeah. Married to Yvette Cooper. Orange on a toothpick. Look it up, you'll, you'll know exactly what I mean. Um, so Ed Balls then, presenting, this guy comes on and he says, well, just listen to what he says. Universities, let's start up, step up, make these transitions to plant-based catering, you know. Universities need to step up and make transitions to plant-based catering. Why? You know, the way I see it, serving meat and dairy at a university is akin to serving cigarettes at a lung cancer conference. What? Serving meat and dairy at a uni is like giving cigarettes around at a lung cancer conference, he says. So you're saying that 
everybody has a duty to be vegan. No, what I'm saying is no, no, the universities... No, do we all have a duty to be vegan? Do we have a duty to be vegan? I think that we should all be eating as sustainably as we possibly can. So, that wasn't an answer to the question. Do we all have a duty to be vegan? Well, the science is, you know, pointing us to the fact, you know, we've got University of Oxford research, Harvard research coming out, you know, almost weekly. So students going to university who eat meat, the reason you're saying this is because you think we all have a duty to be vegan. What I'm saying is that universities have a duty to act on the very research that they're providing. You know, you would hardly see the NHS advertising sure cigarettes at a conference. No, I have answered the question, Ed. Do we have a duty to be vegan? I think we have a duty to eat as sustainably as, as we possibly can and to be supporting British farmers, supporting local producers in a way that's a win for everyone. Very interesting, that, isn't it, what he said there? Because universities are leading the, the charge in terms of providing the research and research is a term I'm using very loosely here, the unis are providing the research that climate change is real and is going to kill us all. So because the unis are doing that, and they're pr providing us with the evidence, which they're not really, he said they, they, they should be leading the way and stopping the old, uh, you know, stopping serving, you know, with, with um, ch changing, changing menus and not serving meat or offering meat dishes to students in the cafeterias and the canteens and whatever else. Wonderful stuff this, isn't it? The thing is, this this guy, I got this from the GMB Twitter account, they, they really believe this. And they really believe it because there is no debate about it. The legions of climate scientists who have come out of some very prestigious universities, we've had some of them on this programme, Ian Plymer and others, they're not allowed, they are precluded, they are effectively banished from the national airwaves. So this kid doesn't get the other side of it, which is that it's crazy to think that, you know... And this idea that we, we've had the, the hottest years in, in, on record, that's beautiful bullshit too, isn't it? Because, yeah, yeah, since we began measuring, since humans began measuring, you might say, yeah, but the planet, as we know, hundreds of thousands of years ago, millions of years ago, was far, far hotter than now. There were times, and I did a whole programme on this, when the conditions in the Arctic and Antarctic were, in fact, tropical, and there were no factories on the industrial estate then. You see, the Earth's axis tilting. Proximity to the sun, solar activity, flares. Temperature does not follow CO2. It's the other way around. CO2 follows temperature. That's a fact. I can say that with authority. Madness. 24 minutes to the top of the hour. Mark Boyerski will be with me shortly. Um, will I do it now? or I'm going to do it now. I'm going to read this now and then get Mark on. Right. So Dr. Naomi Wolf has written on her substack page, expressionless babies, bored lovers and other changes in the human condition. I'll rush through these few paragraphs quickly, but it's very important and I will link to the article properly on the podcast notes later. I know I've already said that. So here we go. Um, I This is Naomi Wolf. I feel that I make notes every day on saying goodbye to a world that has passed and at times on noticing a new world that is barely stirring. So I mourn and at times I hope. I've been travelling and now I am home. So I have observed my fellow humans recently in airports, on airplanes, on trains, in crowds and in smaller gatherings. And in the mourning category, I must note that some things about human beings as an aggregate have changed since those fatal 16 to 18 months 
the months of mass injection from late 2020 to mid-2022. I have written earlier in the essay Lipid Nanoparticles, Are They Subtly Changing Human Beings? and how people seem to be subtly changing. I wrote that I felt, right after the rollout of mass mRNA injection, that there had been a change in the feeling one had when one was surrounded by crowds of human beings. It almost felt as if one was surrounded by holograms, since the energy field, the force field, if you will, of individual humans, let alone of humans as a mass, whose force fields used to intensify when they were thronging together, or dancing, or praying, had been shifted, whose force fields had been shifted, had somehow faded or weakened or diluted. I have described how I feel that when I hug vaccinated loved ones, that they seem light and frail and ethereal, that I can barely find them energetically, and that only an echo or memory of their earlier energy fields survive. Hugs used to pour heart energy simultaneously from one body into another, that's why they used to feel so good. Remember that? I've heard unvaccinated mothers bemoan the fact that they cannot sense the bodies of their vaccinated children, their children's physicality or imprint or presence in the same animal way as they had done their entire lives before. There is much more to the article. Now, is that fanciful nonsense by Dr. Naomi Wolf that there has been a subtle change a physiological change in people since the rollout of the jabs, that it is becoming more difficult to find people energetically or, or those who have had the jabs. Is that mumbo-jumbo nonsense? Well, interestingly enough, two years ago, and I didn't dig out the clip today because it's on Podomatic, um, Mark Bayerski, my friend, the author and energy healer, came on this programme to say that he'd been having conversations with friends of his uh, from different backgrounds, journalist friends, uh, friends who worked in healing, um, friends who, who um, he'd known for many years. And they'd been saying pretty much the exact same thing. All of them together had been having conversations. And Mark Poyersky told us back then is that he'd noticed this. So he's going to come on and chat with us about that and more in a couple of minutes' time. It's Wednesday's Richie Allen Radio Show, broadcasting live on richieallen.co.uk and multiple other platforms. Do download the app for me, please. Download me app, please. The Richie Allen Show app. You'll get it on the App Store or Google Play. This is Wet Dream from Wet Leg. I'm Richie Allen. Great to be with you as always. Back with Mark then. Yeah, the mates from the Isle of Wight, Wet Leg and Wet Dream on the Richie Allen Show Wednesday's programme. The time is exactly, what is it exactly, funnily enough, it's 19 and a half minutes to the top of the air. My friend Mark Boyerski is a teacher. He is an energy healer and author. He wears many hats, by the way. Uh, it's great to have him back on the programme, live from... Not so sunny Spain these days. I think it's um, far more, I don't know, it's far more amenable the weather here than it is where you are, pal. How are you? Welcome back. Oh, thanks, Richard. Absolutely amazing. Costadel Cloud Seed is absolutely buzzing. I love it. Cloud Seed. We'll, we'll come back to that, I think. Hey, listen, um, as, as people know, because you're very active, of course, on YouTube and on social media with an enormous following, um, particularly on YouTube. I don't know how many millions of people um, you have following you there, but it's, uh, it's many. You had a bit of an accident recently, um, which is a bad news story, but it's a good news story because um, a severe accident, but the recovery is going pretty well. What happened? 
there was a, a wild animal uh, on our um, mango farm, and I just instinctively, in just I felt the fear for my little dog because this animal could have easily just grabbed it and ran off. So I chased the animal down the mango grove and I got my foot caught in between two rocks and my body fell, but my foot stayed right where it was. So it broke in five places. So basically the foot was hanging off completely. I'm sorry if anybody's eating. Um, so yeah, it's it was an interesting moment in my life, but one where I've got to be honest, Richard, you know, sometimes when people preach and talk and, and, and teach, I think these kind of moments make you realize, did you actually learn anything? And I was so calm. I had no fear. Everything was fine. I had no thoughts of anything other than let's just get this sorted. Let's get this foot back. And um, after eight days now, my, well, uh, the physio can't believe it. The doctor is is in shock. And that's because I'm eating uh, everything that feeds the bones. I'm focusing on everything like, uh, I know this is going to sound silly to most of you guys, but the, the films that I watch are Three Amigos, Blazing Saddles, anything that makes me laugh and makes me happy. And I spend a lot of time self-healing every day, maybe three to six hours a day self-healing. So I'm, I'm kind of proud of myself because it's easy being a teacher, but when it happens to you, well, let's see, let's see how well you've actually done. So thus far, I'm very happy, Rich, and thank you for all the kind messages to everybody who's listening. Um, and thank you to you, Richie, for calling out and um, yeah, reaching out and uh, you made my, that just uh, lifted me up even more when you spoke to me uh, the other day. Well, you're very kind. It's it's horrible. I, I, I didn't do an injury as severe as yours. I'm not going to take the Pepsi challenge with you because you'll win. But I did destroy my knee um, when I was 19. Not as bad as you. It's horrible. And uh, um, the, the convalescence, I mean, you, you're not going through that because you know what you're doing. But uh, yeah, I, I I felt a little bit of that when, when I heard about it. So I'm delighted to hear that. And so will our listeners be. <laughs> Now, listen, you've got thick skin, and that's why I like you, because we, we can talk and I can have a pop at you and say, well, come on, you know. And two yeah. years ago, when you said to me that you'd been initially anecdotally hearing pretty much what Naomi Wolf has written in her blog uh, this week, that there'd been a change in people, um, and initially a kind of a subtle change. But, um, I mean, she describes it as it almost felt as if one was surrounded by holograms. I think you you said something along those lines that since these mRNA jabs were rolled out en masse that there's a change and that it's noticeable. Um, maybe it's more noticeable to, to, to empaths maybe, maybe it's more noticeable to people who are sensitive to such things. Um, I sent you that article, Jean Ann Crowley had sent it to me, I sent it to you and uh, you came back to me and said wow a couple of years ago we, we were talking about that. She says um, their energy survives only as an echo or memory of their earlier energy fields. Yes, exactly. And, uh, you know, Richard, reading that article, I, w I actually started crying because I wish that article would have been written three years ago and I wish people would have heard uh, and read that article then. But, c'est la vive, it is what it is. Um, it's always been empaths, intuitives that have always called out things that uh, do happen in the future. So we're mocked and ridiculed, laughed at, and then we're forgotten about when the actual truth comes out. 
So it's fine. It's just the way it is. First of all, I'd like to say, Richie, that everything is energy. Somebody once said that everything is energy and that's all that there is. Um, so basically, the best way I can describe this is, have you ever been to a hospital where a family member or even somebody's house to a family member who's been full of life, full of energy, and now you found out that they're ill or they're sick and they're not well, and you go to that house and you stand in front of them and you can, it, it's not just in the color of their face, but you can, you can feel there is something not right. There's something wrong. There is something which feels that you feel is, is you're no longer the person that you were at this moment. And that's why we say get well soon, get, get healed soon. So basically what's happening here, and this is what I noticed uh, when it all started. And remember, this isn't for everybody who's had the jab, because I pointed this out uh, two, three years ago, that there is no way they're going to inject everybody with this kind of stuff because then everybody would realize straight away. So these these monumental monsters know exactly what they're doing. It's a game of chess. So th their strategic plans are actually very, very clever and, and, and almost to perfection. But if you're an empath, you can see, in, and in a lot of people, you can see clearly that it looks like there's an energy, like they're sick. There's something not not well with them, okay? But they're walking and they're talking, but it feels to me like it's somebody that I would go to hospital and give healing to. So this is my take on this. If you, the, the body is a body temple and the body temple needs fruit and vegetables. It needs whole foods. It needs um, free GMO, free um, pesticides, because any of those poisons that are put into the body, the body does not recognize them. Once the body doesn't recognize those poisons, the body goes into a kind of what the hell do we do? Most of the time they'll bag it up and stick it into a bag and thus you get cancer. But in this case, you've got something that is either stuck in one place, which is the arm can't move. And a lot of people were saying that like, I've got this big chunk in my arm that can't move. And a lot of people were saying, I've got an issue in my head and I've got this pain in my head. So whatever, wh whatever was in the jabs was either staying where it was and getting ready to move. And then when it made its move, it started shooting around the body. Then what happened? The, bo the body said, what the hell is this? It didn't know what it was. So it's trying to chase it. It's trying to find it. It's trying to get rid of it, but it can't. It doesn't know how to purify it out of the body system because it's something that's never been in that body system before. So what happens there is that the body system, to me, are like a group of soldiers that are invisible and they're inside your body. And all they do all day is clear, cleanse and heal. That's all they do. Now, if you introduce a poison into the body, then then going to go and, sh and and target the worst point of the body energy. And that could be the heart because this poison has gone to the heart. It could be the head, could be anywhere. But besides that, what you've got is a drain of energy. When your body is in full flow, when it's connected fully, mind, body, and spirit to Mother Earth, when it's connected to the chi prana, or all of these life force, which is connected to, to the army that's inside you, when you meditate, this is a great example, when you meditate and your body is, is in a state of complete bliss, you find that your energetic frequency 
from two to three inches can grow out of the room. You can extend your energy so far. So basically, one thing that's happening with people who are affected with poison in their body is that your energy has to be fully focused on the inside of the physical body to try and heal whatever that um, uh, danger, whatever that poison is in your body. It's doing everything it it can. Now, normally it clears itself out of the holes, which is the nose, uh, the bum, the mouth, and sometimes it clears it out of the pores of the skin. That takes a lot longer. But if there is a substance in the body which are some kind of real new technology, it, it's it's not it's going to really struggle to find a way to get rid of it. And in my opinion, what I've saw in these few years are people with an energetic frequency, which is I called erratic. So if you look at somebody in general, if they've got a headache, the the ready break glow as a kid when the kid walked out after eating ready break on TV. I don't know if you ever remember that. I remember that ad, yeah. Right, so it's basically like an energy around a kid that's glowing. Imagine that that glow dims. The reason why it's dimming is because there is an issue in the physical body. And that means that your chi prana is now connecting to the physical and to the workforce. I sometimes call them fish. And they go and try and eat away at that issue. They try and clear it away. Thus, you have no longer balance in the body. And that means that to a healer, they can see clearly that something's wrong. So if you have cancer and you come to me, I can feel that there's something wrong in your body. And I can see it around your energy field. And I can normally see that there is um, a dim energy or let's say it's a cloud, but the cloud is going inwards. It's being sucked inwards. So that means that there is energy going into a certain place. Let's say it's going to your stomach. So your energy around the stomach isn't the same as the glow around you. And it's off color. It might be a gray. It might be whatever color. So instantly a healer can say, oh, I can feel and see something's not right in your energy field. Well, two years ago, I was doing lives every morning and my my friends on YouTube and Facebook will verify this. I was moving away from people and not knowing why. And that was an instinct, not because I was doing a live, but it was an instinctive feeling to get away. And now over the the days, weeks, months, you start to realize that you weren't running away from the person. You were running away from the sickness, from this erratic energy and this really heavy, heavy, dense energy that you don't want to be sat in or be anywhere near. Because energy, when you are in that energy, there is a chance that your body will create a similar effect. Like if somebody's on a period, they create an energy frequency. If somebody comes next to them, which is a woman without a penis, she will have the same energy effect and she will have a period so this is vital information that we don't talk about never so this is why when i read that amazing um, amazing write-up it was like reading word for word so yes richard this is all genuine it's all real and everything that she wrote in there is 100 in my opinion fully accurate from my clients 
that I started working on when they first started the jabs and started calling me and saying, Mark, I don't know what it is, but I do not feel myself. That was the first pattern of wording. And I listened to words because they're very important. And from there, they were saying that I couldn't meditate. And I'm saying, okay, let's try and meditate together through screen. Let's try and heal together through screen. And that's when I got very worried. And that's when I, I said, imagine being a healer saying to everybody that I, I, I don't feel I can heal people who have had the jab because I've tried. I worked on 103 people. It lasted maybe 10 to 15 minutes. And then it came back again with more aggress- uh, aggressive energy. So whoever's created this is a monster, but I also believe it goes deeper. And I think it's more about a spiritual battle. We're in a spiritual war. And I think that this is also connected to very dark uh, forces, which the whole point of creating humanity into sickness is an energy force that feeds darkness. I totally get that. Um, And I understand it. And I we, we know that well, we know for a fact that the jabs have harmed some people. We know this, and um, this is manifesting itself. We we know this through the VAERS reporting system in America, and we know it because of the yellow card reporting system here in the UK. So it's doing damage, and I understand. I'd expect to meet people whose general health has deteriorated because they've had a jab. And like you, I don't believe the jabs would hurt everybody. And it's not just because maybe some people were given saline. I believe that even as, as, as bad as the jabs might be, as, as untested and as untried and, and maybe as risky as the jabs are, I still believe that some people's physiology, their bodies, would, um, would, 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 would combat the jabs. But I hear you. What she's saying in this article, though, which, which you touched on two years ago, is it's it's beyond just physical changes. She's almost suggesting, Naomi Wolf, that there's some sort of invasion of the body snatchers type thing going on here. And I want to read a paragraph. It'll only take me a minute. Um, and, and I think that's a really good analogy, invasion of the body snatchers, where people, it's not just that they are not themselves. It's almost like they've been replaced by somebody else entirely. This is what she writes. I raised this issue of how we bond Because what I am seeing in many uh, of the human beings around me is a failure, dissolution, or diminution of physical and psychological bonding. Parents are losing the bonds with children, and lovers and spouses seem to have lost bonding with one another as well. And wait for this, Mark. I I know you read this today. She says, Sites I saw recently that before 2021 I literally never saw, I keep witnessing. And then she gives examples. Adult parents walking ahead of their small children with the kids running to catch up. The body language of parents, except perhaps those with psychiatric disorders, would never have allowed for this before 2021. Remember, when parents were always aware of where their kids were in crowded or possibly dangerous settings. You see, that's an invasion of the body snatchers type scenario. She's saying that people are changing, they're almost becoming completely different people, where you'd run up to the kid and say, listen, you've got to stay with me, grab your daddy's hand or your mother's hand or whatever. Um, they're different beings. They're completely unaware of this stuff now. And their, you know, previous, um, in, in this instance, ability to parent and awareness of what's going on around you is completely gone. So you see why I make that the, the, the invasion of the body snatchers analogy. 
I do, Richard. Yeah. And if you remember two years ago, I, I touched upon this as the most important subject, and that was the disconnect between the consciousness and the body spacesuit, and that's been hijacked. I use those words if you listen back to the, um, yeah. the, 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 the interview that we did. So basically, if you uh, take the analogy of two gloves, uh, two hands with gloves on, and when the, the body becomes conscious with um, what I believe is a life force that comes into that body as a baby, there is this beautiful bond of two hands coming together and it seals, it seals where the senses of um, the physical, which is the smells and, and the, the sight and the hearing, connects with the conscious senses. So if you are a madman and you can separate that bond between the consciousness and the body spacesuit, you have created almost an AI kind of robot that works upon the principle of the spacesuit, which is the brain, is a tool. And it's fed any bit of information that you want to give it, which is great. I say we use that when we cross the road, we look left and right. Well done, brain. But the brain doesn't have that consciousness that we know that we shouldn't walk down a certain place. We know we should stay a bit longer because somebody's not feeling well and we want to hold their hand. We don't know why, but we just feel it. Or we know we should make a phone call to somebody that we just feel we need to speak to. And then when you ring them up, you realize that they're in a bad place. That deep consciousness that is who we are, truly who we are, not the spacesuit, that consciousness is and was and always has been the target of these monsters, these manipulators, because the consciousness is everything. The consciousness sees everything. It sees through the bullshit. It smells it quickly, and you can't really fool the consciousness. However, if you disconnect that by causing this beautiful connection between the two gloves that come together, and now the gloves can't come together, now you've got an absolute wreck. So what you find is that you see people that you normally see who are really, really intuitive that now just work from the brain, and you see this glare as I talk about and spoke about many times, a glare where they're glaring into nowhere. And I asked them, how are you? Oh, sorry. Where were you then? Uh, uh, I don't know. Now, normally when you talk to somebody who's in that state who has a beautiful uh, connection to their consciousness, they'll tell you that they were thinking about many wonderful things. And that's called the alpha mode, where you go from one place to another and don't realize you get there, but you've been in that connection between your consciousness i wholeheartedly believe that that consciousness has been separated and it's been done maliciously and it's a manipulation against humanity to cause this new world of lack of empathy love understanding and all the things that the senses that this amazing consciousness that you are truly that is now Exactly what this woman says. It's just an echo of who we are. It, it, and, and you know, you I, look not. It, it won't matter to you because you um, are you're you're you you're in that place that, that a lot of people would like to be in, whereby you know how you feel and you know what you believe and you know what you've experienced, and you're happy to discuss it. 
And um, but there will be people listening to this, and they'll be they'll be saying, "Well, I I would expect. I mean, we saw the pandemic swine flu jabs of two thousand and nine, two thousand and ten. We would expect these untested, on um, these these uh, medicines, these treatments, which 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 we have no long term safety data for." We would expect that they would cause harm in some instances. But this is completely new now. This idea that it would almost turn some people into kind of types of zombies. Give them a kind of a personality. Uh, a complete kind of a personality makeover. I mean, that for, for a lot of people, that will be a stretch, won't it? I mean, this, it's hard to take that. And it, it, it's hard to believe it. I'm, I'm not saying I don't believe it. But... Um, and and then to to even consider that maybe that was part of the plan it would be so hard for people to to swallow or to to come to terms with right it just seems uh, richie if there was a plan and that plan was to cause as much chaos and cause this disconnect it seems to have worked extremely well and it seems to everything that's happening from day to day all the pieces seem to be on the same chessboard working towards the same goal, end goal. So if you can see all of these pieces coming together, if you see, uh, I remember um, our, our friend um, David Icke saying, if you, if, you know, if you know the end result, if you know what's going to happen, you can see everything that they're doing. And that made so much sense to me, Richard, because everything that I see on the fake news uh, people talking to me every day. Every I observe people every day. Listen to uh, um, everybody's conversation, and listen to what all the major sites and all of the you know brands and and Joe Rogans and listening to all of these redacted and like you realize that you know everybody's without sometimes even realizing they're all on this chessboard and they're pushing without realizing the very thing that they're meant to be opposing. Yeah, I get that. Could could it be? Could it also be, or should it be mentioned, that maybe adding to this personality change in some people, we could also lay the blame, some of the blame for that, at the fear mongering that went on in twenty twenty, at the lockdowns themselves, right? So if we say the jabs have played some part in, um, in in causing an an energetic shift in people. And I'm open-minded to this, as, as you well know, but, but maybe there are other factors at play too. The lockdown, the fear, uh, porn, the horrible misery of it, people turning to alcohol, which I was guilty of, you know, um, back then. Maybe that could be playing some part in this personality shift too. What do you reckon? All, all of the above, Richie. So if you are, uh, uh, let's say, a Bond villain and you're your spectre and you're around the table... Everybody's contributing to uh, the end final game of what they want. So everybody's contributing in their own uh, sadistic um, way. So it's going to be uh, a thousand different ways to come to the same uh, goal, end goal, end game. So, yeah, I completely believe that every single thing that's happened was all deliberate. Everything that they did in the hospitals, everything that they they um, they pushed upon humanity, the fear, all that fear, all the breaking news, all the drugs, um, all the no more appointments, or every single thing, no more touching your family, 
no more senior family, no more treatments, no more this. No, it's, it was it was almost like it was the most incredibly darkest chess game that they played on humanity ever. This is the biggest, and it's almost like, well, yeah. you know, you, you stand back and you think it, this this it's so unbelievable what happened that it's hard to even digest that this could all be in one direction. And can I, I make a confession here? I, I've got yes. to make a confession because I think yes. it'll add to this discussion, I think. Here's my confession. Yeah. It definitely changed or caused a change in my personality. Yeah. And I'll tell you how it did. Um, what are we now? September 2023. Um, I no longer organise dinners and parties and get-togethers because... I just don't have as much time for people anymore. I don't want to be listening to people. And that is not the person I used to be. Uh, and and I, I lay that squarely at my experiences of 2020, 21 and 22. Because it shook me to the bone, basically. What went on and how people followed it so blindly and so obediently. And I found myself... Look, I'm still, I'm, I mentioned I was in Torquay and I'm away from all of it. And I'm happy to meet people. I'm happy to talk to people when I meet them. And I'm, you know, I'm chatty and all of that. But I, I, I've limited that now in terms of the social side of it. And, and I never had a jab. Right. I never touched, so, obviously I never had a jab, right? Right. So that, that's had a profound change really then in me, or maybe you could argue it's caused a profound change. Others might say, oh, you, you, you get older, you get a bit more contrary or a bit more curmudgeonly. But I would say no. The last three years has definitely caused some sort of change in me. What do you say to that? Uh, 100% Richard. And I reckon most of your listeners will be nodding their heads saying, absolutely. And I don't think it's all to do with what we saw. I think it's to do with energetically as well. I think we are attuned more highly attuned and without even sometimes realizing, like I said to you, I used to get up and move away without even like, why am I running away from these people at the very beginning? And it took me a while to understand what was going on and what really was happening with these people and what their frequency was, was giving off. Um, so no, I'm sorry, Richard, but I don't like to be around people anymore. And, um, you know, everybody will tell you that when I do my lives, I, I, I want my, uh, space. I want my time. I don't want to, um, get into that frequency of bad energy. I don't want to feel bad. I don't want to. And, and to be honest, most of the people that I've met who are jabbed, uh, are, let's say not as aware, but more so, they talk, their conversation is far more negative uh, in a way to me that causes me stress. And when I say negative, what I mean is they talk about things that are irrelevant to life, yeah, yeah. Does, does not help me on my journey it's uh, uh, like what she said, what he said. Oh, do you know what happened to so-and-so? I mean, seriously. Yes, yes, like, yes, yes. Yeah, I love this. Because when you know the things that we've come to know, that there is an agenda um, to, 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 to transform what it is to be, uh, to experience life on this planet. There is, we, we speak about the agendas. They have lots of names. Agenda 2030, the Great Reset. When you know that, it does become 
tedious in the extreme listening to people who are maybe not aware of it or don't care or are not interested um, going on or carrying on in the way you described. There's definitely that too. Can I? Sorry to cut across you there, but I want to read a few comments before you come back in. Let me read a few of these before you come back in. Um, Sarah says, my lover was vaxxed three times before we met. He's now awake. And I can definitely feel him, and he's one of the most present people I know. I think the energetic shift Mark and Naomi Wolf can feel is the submission of free will, handing it over to power. Those people who did that will never come back, says Sarah. Yeah, go on, respond to that then before I read a few more. Absolutely powerful, and uh, I will sit and ponder on that, because what you're saying is, the power of free will can free you from the burden and the physical and the spiritual. I, th- I think that's a, a, a pretty powerful statement, and I'll think about that. Interesting. Thanks for that, Sarah. Kay in County Durham says, is there anything that we can do for people who are jabbed and who appear to be lost to us? When I say we, says Kay, I mean me, you, and all of the unjabbed. Because... She, this is a good question because many of these people that we find tedious, they're not important. I mean, everybody is, of course, important and everybody is of equal importance, every human being. But they're not people that we share our lives with necessarily. But there are people who we share our lives with and who we love, who have had these jobs. And if these people are becoming lost to us, um, what? how do you approach that? It's a great and very powerful question to ask. And it's something that if you look upon science and ask science to give you an answer, science normally says, well, well, normally give me five, 10 years and it might be somewhere close. I don't, I actually personally believe that we're far too, it's far too soon to even go there. Uh, so every day we're watching where we're trying different uh, forms of healing techniques as healers. Uh, she made a good point that lady in um, her write up whereby uh People could, um, uh, some healers wouldn't even heal people who had the jab because they felt it wasn't really working. And the opposite, people who uh, hadn't had the jab, who wanted healing sessions, felt that uh, anybody, any healer that took the jab, they didn't feel anything from them. So I found that fascinating as well, Richie. Fascinating because it's everything that I said. And I upset a lot of people being the Pure Energy Healing founder uh, by that statement. And I said, um, and a lot of people were very thankful. A lot of like thousands and thousands and thousands of people like your followers were thankful because right now I have not heard of one person who has regretted not having a vaccine. Is that right? So if you know somebody who's had the jab, they they regret it. They, they've they've communicated to you that I wish I hadn't had it. Today, two people, yeah. two, people two people today, today. Richie. I actually said to them, uh, "Would you have another one? Not not a chance, not a chance." And to be honest, Richie, now it's becoming. Uh, very clear and evident that more and more and more and more people are starting to realize because of the amazing people that you have as listeners who have been persistent, who are just bloody angels in this world. They are the earth angels of this world who do this, not for ego, not for praise, but they do it because they love their fellow brother and sister. We are the ones that helped and and truly, truly saved 
thousands of people from pain, suffering, and spiritual disconnect. And that is that is not a lie. That is that is fact, Richard. I have hundreds of people every week saying, please help my mom, please help my dad, please help my brother, please help my sister, please help my little baby uh, baby brother who's had the, the, the jabs, they stuck the jabs in, now he can't walk anymore. I mean, I, I could literally send you loads, but you know what, Richard, it doesn't matter. I'm not here to convince anybody. I'm not here to prove anything or, or state anything. I'm just telling you my experience thus far, I am so glad that I am still connected to my consciousness in just to, to change tack slightly just before i do that and let me just read a few more of these uh, messages i i uh, really appreci appreciate people um uh sending them in they're coming in in in, in their droves uh, isabel says what you said richie shocked me back into the memory of a moment a couple of weeks ago my little family and I were having a stroll around the local plaza and we saw something that truly disturbed us. We were looking at a youngish couple and their little child of perhaps three years old and the parents were looking at the child standing by himself on a wall with a steep drop on either side. One side was much higher than the other and the parents were smiling. My partner and I couldn't believe our eyes, Isabel says. It was a very dangerous situation for the baby. A serious accident could have happened at any moment. We were shocked. The parents were seemingly oblivious, even though they were looking in the direction of the child. Is this an example of disassociation um, that, that, that has been discussed earlier on? I suppose it is. It's exactly what it is. This is the disconnect. This is the the intuition that we all have, which is this these two gloves that come together, which work as as uh, such a divine energy that sometimes you look back and think, oh my god, you know, I can't believe, you know, I I, I nearly did this or I nearly did that. Yeah, because your consciousness stopped you from it. But now you've got the the energy of the black screen, which is uh, sending out a signal, which is killing the human brain, which is also disconnecting the human brain. So imagine the human brain is being vegetized, if there's such a word, turning into mush. So the child is just a zombie. The mothers and fathers are just letting the kids play on the iPads. They don't care because they're zombified. And you look at a family that are just zombified. You look at the world. If you go out for something to eat, everybody's on the phone. It's like, Everybody's turning into utter zombies that are, are all addicted to their phone. And where, where, and if you went up to them and say, you know what, mate, you you and her, you two have got a massive problem. You need to put them phones away. They, they start beating you up. They start attacking you. I went to I went back to Old Trafford last season to, to watch United, something I'd done quite a lot as a young man, uh, travelling from Ireland initially and then living in Manchester first time around. And I went back last season to most home games. This season, I'm not as enthusiastic about it. It's got nothing to do with the fortunes of the team at all. It's because I am surrounded by people watching a football game through the lens of a mobile phone camera. I, I cannot get my head around that. Uh, that. That people have somehow lost the ability to be in the moment. I mean, I feel like screaming, Mark, sometimes. And I do, because I've got a bit of a temper on me. I feel like screaming, you've fucking idiot it's right there in front of you the players the game the referee what are you doing looking at it through your phone who are you going to show that video to what are you going to do with it uh, and we see it when we go to concerts 
You know, we went to see Elton John at the arena. Um, some weeks ago, we had to wait nearly three years for that because of the scandemic. And again, surrounded by people incapable of dancing in the aisles with the people they went to the concert with, standing there looking at Elton John through the lens of a mobile phone camera, Mark. Yeah, Richard, um, my partner really likes um, um, classical music and she said, oh, please let's go and, and watch this um, uh, trio playing. Oh, yeah, it sounds great. And I, I love the Nutcracker Suite. And so we went and it was in candlelight in Marbella. And I don't know how much the tickets were. They might have been like 30 or 40 euros. And it was only a small event, but they were surrounded. There was They were surrounded by... Um, candles and everybody was sat down all smartly dressed uh, very very we could see they were very wealthy people and the music started the next minute somebody holds the phone up then one of the ushers come down and says excuse me could you put the phone down they put the phone down good job and next minute somebody else does it and somebody else does it and I, I, I after five minutes I kid you not I burst into laughter not at anger no because it's farcical it, it it's and 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 then what happened, Richie, was they were repeatedly going to the same people who didn't. This disconnect of what I'm saying that there is no connection to to wrong or right. There's no connection to truth. There's no connection to anything other than the brain just programmed to do. And that's what I'm saying. Yeah. There, we are living in dangerous times. The memory like, is gone then, isn't it, Mark? If you go to a football match or the ballet or a beautiful evening like the classical uh, music evening you went to, and you do that, it's, it's an absolute guarantee that you're not going to have a memory of it. When I go to a gig with them um, herself, we take a quick photograph of ourselves just for our own memories for later on. Um, but not to be plastering on social media. The phone, obviously, the phone goes away, and then we spend the night then jumping up and down, dancing and singing with anybody else who wants to dance and sing with us. But you have, you have enduring memories then of those concerts and the songs and what went on. P- people living through the lenses of their mobile phone cameras, they must have no memory really, no there actual is, sense gone. of it. It's gone. It's gone. Yeah. Yeah. It's gone. It's completely gone. And the memory uh, and the reason I, I made a video, I don't, you probably never saw it, but I've made videos before uh, regarding the subject of TikTok. And TikTok isn't TikTok. TikTok is a, an operation, a, a dark operation to steal the memory of people. So what it does, it's like a drug being injected into you and that drug runs out in five seconds. Yeah, and the dopamine. Re- yeah. Right. Exactly what it is if you talk about science, but in a spiritual uh, understanding, you can see that your energy is being siphoned. It's almost like a high-low fix energy frequency. So the black screen is actually stealing your energy, which means it's stealing your time, it's stealing everything about you, and then you become an enslaved uh, enslaved person to the master of the black screen. Well, whatever, co- whatever controls that. We, we, I, I haven't even mentioned, not that you, you that you will care about. Uh, Mark's got a website, markbyersky.com. If you f- look for him on YouTube, you'll find him. Subscribe. And he live streams there daily. And it's always fascinating. It's always interesting. It's often very funny. 
And I would say it's relaxing and it's healing. So check it out, markpoyersky.com and the YouTube. Um, Chris Backlund is a, is a registered nurse. And he says, Richie, I was forced to get the first jab in order to keep my job. Do you remember they did that? They told um, nurses and carers they would lose their jobs. So when the hospital tried to force me to get the boosters, I refused, says Chris, and quit nursing after 35 plus years. He says, is it possible at all to heal myself from the initial jab? I do everything possible to stay positive, And people tell me they find calmness with me. So, he says, question mark, question mark. Well, it, it, I would say to Chris before Mark jumps right in here, if you've not had any physical adverse reaction to the first jab, if you feel good in yourself and people are finding that you're calm and that you're a good person to be around, I wouldn't worry so much, but I don't know what Mark Boyersky knows. So, Mark, what do you say to that? I say that there was, uh, in my my understanding and my um, uh, feeling, that there was uh, far more saline um, injections given than anything which was bad at the beginning. So my feeling is um, that there are many people who are worried that shouldn't be worried. And so so the people that, that came to me were the people who were genuinely scared because of what had happened to them after the jab. So I would say this, if you had no fear, no symptoms, no, uh, I can't meditate anymore. Uh, my eyes are not the same. I can't connect with my, my son anymore or my daughter. I don't feel anything, right? If you feel everything and you're feeling fine and you have no issues, then that is a sure sign, in my opinion, that you got the saline, the saline injection, which was just water-based injection. And just that that's how I would proceed on my daily life. I'm only talking to you about the people that I see yeah. and people who contact me every day and tell me their story. This isn't, I'm not telling you stuff that I'm making up. I'm telling you what my clients told me. Angela has um, said, I'm noticing a real lack of empathy among some of the elderly people I work alongside now, presumably who who have been jabbed. Also, again, and I I wasn't contradicting Mark earlier on, it's just been on my mind. While I'm wide open to the jabs having this type of impact on people neurologically, because it very well might be going on. And of course, if it's having a neurological impact, it could very well impact on people's personalities. But we can't forget that the the, the fear-mongering, don't hug granny because you might kill her, don't go to work, stay indoors, the misery of that, that will definitely have changed uh, people as well. And I confessed earlier on, it's had some change uh, in me, and and I've never had a jab, I never would have a jab. Diane says, Mark is spot on. I've seen the change in people I consider to be friends. They are not the same, she says, not at all, you know? Um, and there's so many of these. Um, oh, Faisal, Richard, yeah, go Richard, ahead, go ahead. Richard, you know, we're doing this show, right? And, and predominantly my life has been helping and healing people, and that's all I've ever wanted to do. This show today is a show of what I believe is a, a wake-up call and it's a, a, a realisation that um, we come to terms with the possibility of these things can happen to people rather than not saying anything about it and just letting it go. So I don't think, it, you know, although it may come across as very dark and very sad and uh, what's the world coming to, I also believe 
that there's always things that we can do. And the, the end result of everything is that we take responsibility for our life. The man who asks, what do I do with my life? It's really simple. You go inwards and start asking because the senses then connect you to what you need. So first of all, you'll find that when you start to ask yourself what you need, your your senses, your consciousness will say, thank God, thank you for asking. Yeah. So your consciousness then says, maybe your situation at home, maybe the situation at work, maybe the situation in your life may, may need to change. Maybe we need to Take the strength and, and do that change. It might be challenging to begin with, but let's move. Let's go somewhere else and let's begin again. Or, or let's change our diet. You know, we might be a little bit overweight. Come on, let's start to eat healthy. Let's start to now look at our physical body and so on. So the only person, there's no healer in this world who will heal you ever. Nobody, even if they walk into your house and start throwing all your junk food away and start throwing your alcohol away, nobody will be able to help you. It's only you that can help yourself. And that comes with willpower that this strong willpower which is the connection of the consciousness that speaks to your mind that that then quietens your mind if you are always in the mind richer you will always be led by the mind if you meditate then you find that the mind quietens and then you start to hear another voice and that other voice is who you are i guarantee you this richer that 90 percent if not 95 percent of this humanity are only listening to their brain speak and only 5% of humanity actually listen to their true consciousness that never dies, that leaves this physical body that one day will wake you up and go, oh my God, did that really happen? I have a theory. I have a theory on this um, because I've been been pretty negative. So I'm going to say something positive. You've not been, but I have. Uh, Sue was in Nashville. Watching Guns N' Roses, God help you, Sue. And she said uh, everyone was on their phone there. Wow. Um, yeah, um, I'll t- I tell, tell you what it is. I mentioned this when I came back from Michal's on Sunday morning. Here, here, here's something. So despite the, so the jabs, and, and, and we, we know the jabs, we know the assault on, 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 on people's souls, the, the, the COVID lockdowns, and the behaviour of the media and of politicians and of the pillars of the state, the police and all of that, this had a profound effect on people, all of this stuff. But even going back before that, so I've had a big downer on people, I've said this, right? But I said something on Sunday, and I believe this to be true. I go away twice a year. Um, we do the staycation, as you well know, because we have a pair of young um, uh, puppies. So we, we stay in the UK. But we usually stay somewhere beautiful, near a lake or near the sea. And what I find when I go away, particularly when we were away in Torquay last week or two weeks ago, is I find the opposite of what I've been describing. You know, the people who are, and you've described the people who are disconnected and distant and not really here or present. I find people that are gregarious and are interested and are not narcissistic and they're not on their phones. Because I think when you take people off the hamster wheel of, you know, worrying about having to do what you need to do for the children, worrying about your job that you might not like, listening to the fear porn in the news about the changes you'll need to make to your house in order to make it uh, compatible with um, energy certificates so that we can avoid climate change, all this negative shit, when you get them away 
and you get them somewhere nice and they're sitting outside having an ice cream and you start talking to them as we do to everybody we meet that's when I think you see the best of people and you get the sorts of people that maybe our grandparents would have known and you know our parents would have known interested empathetic people who are present very much present in in the situation they're in so there's a lot there's there's something in that I think in in what I, I didn't ex- I, cause where I am now what I'm doing now and where 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 I live I see the negativity but when you're away and you see people who have been taken out of that situation you get you get I think you get the real person you get the empath you get the kindness you get the interest in other people and not the narcissism I definitely notice that when I'm away yeah, really interesting. Uh, one of the things that I noticed uh, in life is that whenever groups of people come together, they become monumental idiots um, and they'll fight and they'll they'll argue. Get them on their own and you find, Richie, that you feel the most love and, and compassion and it's it's different. It's something very different. And I've always found that fascinating. So I try to stay away from crowds I try to meet people on a, a level of one-to-one. And I love the fact that all ancient wisdom and knowledge talks about the, those great healers of the world of the past left their home to find themselves. Jesus and the Buddha all left to find themselves. And I think there's something in that. And I don't think it's just literally, but I think it's spiritually. And I think most of us have totally, totally severed ourselves from spiritually. Brilliant. And when you're in these places, I know it's coming to a town near you. I don't mean you, Mark, but a town near everybody soon. But when you're in these places, you're not uh, next to a big, massive 5G tower. You're not being bombarded with non-ionizing radiation. You're not. And oh, you really are extricated. Jean Ann has just put it brilliantly. Um, they can breathe people. I became the guy I used to be when I was in Torquay. When I was in Wales, um, in, in an isolated part of Wales, on in Aberdovi, Aberdiffy, as they say in Wales, back in April, miles from towers, you know, and around people who are breathing. And I find that I become the guy I used to be then. The real me comes out, the, the guy who initiates a conversation, exactly. the guy who wants to hear what somebody has to say. Whereas... Exactly. Monday to Friday, weekends, I, I don't care. <laughs> you know, I'm not interested. That side of me is gone. And yeah, she put it really well there. You get to yeah. breathe and then maybe you get to connect with your inner self, as you put it beautifully earlier on. And you're not just, um, you know, bombarding your brain with, uh, with thoughts. You're not rushing around struggling to stay in the moment. You're just in the moment. And then you become, I don't know, you become human but you'd say you become a being of light but you become what you were meant to be maybe all along in that little instance and of course so many people I, I have to point out yes it's not something that everybody has access to it's not easy for people it's not affordable for many people to get out of cities to get away from the madness of it and to try and reconnect with who they really are because for many markets just not bloody affordable not just that, Richie, but they're also their plan, if you think about it as well, is smart cities. What does that mean, Richie? They're going to stop you from going out to Mother Earth, Mother Nature. These are, these, these are all the things that we don't see. And 
you can clearly see if you know the end game that what they're trying to do is keep you in a virtual prison so that you do not generate the energy of love and healing and you do not create a new world. Whereas when you're in nature, when you go out to the mountains and I live on a mountain and funnily enough, as a side note, most people inside their heart have a pulling towards either the forest, mother nature, um, the mountains or the sea. And this is the healing side. This is the connector. This is the high frequency that clears away the negativity that surrounds us, which we call dirty, heavy energy. Once we clear that away, we become connected to Mother Earth, which then revitalizes us in a way that nobody could understand unless you see a tree and you see how that tree actually works in the sense of electricity that runs through it and how it heals the ground and how the ground is actually a, a, a being as one and the trees are connected to that and um, and so on. You start looking at mushrooms and realizing that mushrooms are, are closer to our DNA than most other um, of anything. So there's so much that we don't know, the principles of life, which we forgot, the principles of, of spirituality, which we, we mock and ridicule and we hijack by the word spiritual. We mock and ridicule and hijack fresh fruit and vegetables by the word vegan. Everything, Richard, is a hijack to your beautiful self being one to the true source of your energy. I used to laugh at the notion of energy healing. Now, I know this is ground we've covered before, and I know our listeners might be rolling their eyes. Um, but it's important for me to point that out, that I was very dogmatic about it. And I'm not somebody who easily changes his mind. But um, I've obviously witnessed it personally. And, and, and this is not loosely witnessing. These, it's seeing things that were where things I previously thought to be impossible, did you hear me there? Impossible. Like a very good old friend of mine with terrible, terrible eczema. I mean terrible, I mean life-changing. Um, having a course of energy healing and it disappearing completely. I mean, I see this stuff happen. I read that wonderful book that Peter Rebden gave me. And God forgive me for not remembering the name of the lady who wrote it. She came on the programme. Um, where they did a genuine experiment in a NHS hospital here in this country and effectively proved that energy healing um, can work and is successful. It's wonderful. I've got the book. If I was to lean over, I'd be able to dig the book up and, and read it. Um, but yeah, I, I shouldn't say people have been conditioned. It's, it's wrong for me to tell people what they have had um, or, or haven't had. But yeah, generally in society, the people I meet, including old colleagues of mine from radio, that's radio in Ireland, radio in England, radio in Spain, um, they laugh. It's rubbish. It's nonsense. It's uh, snake oil. Crap. It's rubbish. Nonsense. Uh, sure, if it was real, wouldn't the government save themselves uh, billions of pounds and they wouldn't have to spend so much money on NHS and all of that if it was real? Sure, wouldn't they be able to cure us all by giving us a local energy healer? That's the majority opinion. It used to be my opinion until I've seen it and I've had it in my own life. I've had it through through present company, through um, yours truly. I've had it with uh, with Peter and with Joe. Extraordinary stuff. Like I mean, it's 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 life changing. It it has been life changing for me. Somebody who would have dismissed it, laughed at it, mocked it, you know. But again, I I I wouldn't. I'm I'm not rude. Like uh, privately, I would have done. Not publicly. Privately, I would have said, "Ah, stop, will you?" You know. I've seen it with my own eyes, Mark. You know, I've seen profound things happen. 
I see it in London. And um, yeah, and, and I wish more people would, would give it a chance. Would yes. um, just give it a chance, you know. You have nothing to lose, you know, if you're ill and you're not getting any change from your doctors and, you know, or you're not getting any answers. Why not give it a chance? And that's what I say to people, you know. Uh, Mark Boyerski is our guest. It's 23 minutes to the top of the air. Hey, listen, speaking of the NHS, we laughed at this today. We shouldn't laugh, but sometimes dark humour. They're offering people Wegovy, which is an injection to help you lose weight. You'll get the injection once a week. And it'll suppress your appetite, Mark. And you won't want food, and then you lose weight. But the only thing is, if you stop taking the injection, your appetite will come back, you'll eat even more, and you'll become even more um, morbidly obese. Listen, whatever I might think of healing and energy healing, leave that to one side. How could anybody think that's a good idea? Because it's so easy to take something and then walk away and continue with your normal pattern of life, Richard, which is eating shite, uh, talking shite and doing nothing and just being uh, just being a being, just just being no no sense of, um, let's say, creativity, no sense of a community um, spirit, no sense of giving, loving, sharing. It's like, just give me the quick fix. Give me the uh, takeaway health. That's all they're bothered about. So they can get on with their dreadful existence of life that they see as normality. And it's heartbreaking, Richard. Laugh, maybe I've become, I, it's, I said to you this afternoon, it's almost like, I should be upset. I should be like, oh my God, not again, because I know what's going to happen. If people start taking this, again, the body system, that them little soldiers are going to say, what the hell are you pouring in me? Your body is meant to intake what Mother Earth puts on the floor, puts on the trees and gives you what she grows. That's why you were born on this planet. That's why your space suit needs to digest what Mother Earth gives you. What are you doing? What are you putting inside yourself? Now they're going to try and find a way to try and get it out. So they might go through the liver. They might go through the kidneys. They might go through the, the stomach system, which is a cleanser. And what if it doesn't work like the other jabs? Then what happens they then start to store it, and all of a sudden, you've got turbo uh, cancers. You've got, you know, tumors, which are basically all of that that man-made science toxins that's been stored away to try and stop you from being sick in the rest of the body. And then somebody comes along, cut laser burns, and it spreads. And see you later. What a great life that was. Yeah. Sorry, mate. No, no, it's good, it's good, it's good, because it makes me think it was my life. You see, before I um, developed a tiny bit of humility and began to listen to people I previously thought were barking, it was my life. You know, I went to Costa Rica in 2002. It was the last time I had any type of preventative medicine like that, you know. I, I was that guy, you know, I would have had anything. I'm so glad I was able to... Um, come to understand certain things because I would have been rolling my sleeves up and running down Liverpool Street in Salford in December 2020 um, rushing to get to the front of the queue. I would have been. Now, people listening to this who have listened to me for years, they probably won't believe that. But, but it's true, they should believe it. I would have been that bloke, you know. 
Oh yeah, I would have been, no doubt about it. And I would have been looking upon people, frowning upon people who were, were, were not having it. I would have been one of those calling people who didn't have it selfish. Yeah, we need to be humble, people. People, not not you, but people who who understand this stuff. If you want to reconnect with people, not you, Mark, but if people want to reconnect with people and get on and reach their family members who they don't speak to anymore because the family had the two jabs and think you're mad, you need to find your humility again, mm-hmm. and remember that. You, now I know you're going to disagree with this, and I'll shut up, and you can disagree with it. I believe that my understanding of certain things is just blind luck. Now, I know you don't agree with that. I know you think there's more going on, and I respect it. But I, I think it's just lucky. I was lucky that I found a book about September the 11th, um, not long after it, and it sent me down pathways on journeys where I was looking at other things. I think without that, I would have stayed in mainstream media, and I would have been one of the guys telling lies in 2020 about a deadly virus sweeping the world and the need to lock everybody up. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I, I get totally get what you're saying, uh, Richie. And uh, I completely agree. My story is that um, at 38 years old, um, all the signs were, were given to me up until 38 years old, Richie. So many, many um, signs were given to me, but I chose to ignore them and chose to follow the fear. So Every night I was digesting uh, pharmaceutical drugs. I had constant irritable bowel syndrome. I was in hospital at least twice a month. I had a corroded back. I was just an absolute wreck, Richie, until the day my consciousness woke up, until the day that uh, I made a decision to leave where I lived because I just couldn't cope with this life anymore. And I didn't feel as if I was going to uh, move forward in any way. So I left and went to a magical mountain. And then all of a sudden I had time on my hands. I didn't have a job anymore. So now I'm looking at myself. And when you have the time to look at yourself, that is the moment where I believe if you believe in this, the other world says, okay, Mark's ready now. So now we're going to bring all the people into his life or we're going to bring the signs, more signs. We're going to show him more. So then he becomes awake to what he didn't. Uh, uh, and and for everybody who might look at me or think about me or Richie as if, you know, uh, oh, we, we, we know what we're doing and all that. No, no, no. It doesn't work like that. As soon as we're born in this world, the umbilical cord gets cut too quick we should wait till uh, the baby is uh, alive and awake and takes its breath most most of the times i could be wrong here but i believe a lot of the times the umbilical cord is cut too fast so the bond between mother and and child needs to be um needs to have time slap the child on the back to give it fear then stick um, a hundred needles into that child of course you're going to be hijacked instantly from that moment on so for all of us, we are in constant battle between this. So we have to now know, okay, we know what they're trying to do to us. We know what they're trying to do to our children. We know now what's going on. And now it's up to us to make that change. And that is where we all are. And depending on when I call your divine moment happens, and it could happen at any moment with any book or any person you talk to who just wakes you up at that moment or any radio show or, or, or whoever's speaking, your time comes when it's meant to. And when it does, that is when you take the reins and you start making that change in your life. And it happens to all of us. 
Yeah, you described my experience perfectly. You know, I ended up speaking to people on the radio in Spain, um, as you well know. And those people, I would have probably been saying during my legacy media days, I would have been insulting those people. I would have been. Again, not publicly, because I never did that. I was never that much of a bastard. I mean, I was a bastard, right? I mean, I might still be, but I was a proper bastard. But I wouldn't have been insulting people publicly and certainly not insulting people you know, or, or trying to make people feel small. I would have had my opinions that people are barking mad and laughing at them. Yeah. And then I found myself speaking to these people and I got these opinions. They were given to me by, as we call it, the mainstream or the legacy media. And I'm speaking to these people on air. I don't have to name them. Half a dozen people I would have kept in close contact with. I'm thinking to myself, this chap is not barking at all. This woman is not crazy at all. She's very interesting, very loquacious. Um, is backing up um, some of what, or some of or most of what she's saying with some evidence. She's open to questioning. She's open to criticism. This is actually quite an interesting lady, and that was profound for me. That was a real life-changing thing for me. Thinking, how pathetic were you that the opinions you held on things were not really your own? They were force-fed to you, and again, that's blaming somebody else. It was my fault I allowed myself to be force-fed with horse shit about people in the public eye. And it was when I went along myself to say, come here, are you crazy at all? I'd like to have you on a radio show to interview you because you might be a bit of a fucking madman. And then finding out that not at all, far from it. And um, I, I always say to people, if, if that can happen to me, a know-all, stubborn, you know, a bit of a prick really, it can happen to anybody that they can find that little bit of humility and say, well, I don't know everything. You know, this might not be crazy. It might not be pseudoscience, energy healing. So I'm going to have a look and I'm going to give it a listen. By all means, I mean, later on you might, listen, by all means, later on come back and say, I still don't get it, but open your mind to it. Be humble. Yeah. But that's being driven out of people now, more and more, isn't it? The, the ability to think for themselves and to embrace anything new, or a bit, a bit weird. Not a bit weird, but a bit different. No, no, don't do that. Stay in the herd. Stay in the herd. It's safe in here. You know, yeah. when it's not really, you know. So true. So true, Richard. Yeah. Everything that you say. And one thing that does spring to mind with a big smile on my face is if, if somebody was so stubborn in their thoughts, what could be the most beautiful thing to happen than to have one of the world's leading uh, conspiracy theorists living with you for a sh certain time. Oh, that's incredible, isn't it? I mean, to go from that, I mean, I would have watched um, John Ronson's documentary about David Icke on Channel 4 in 2000. I think it came out in 2000. And I would have remembered the BBC and Terry Wogan. And I would have been saying, what a nutter that guy Ike is and what, what a clown, you know. <laughs> and brilliantly put, I, I should have said it myself, brilliantly put, to find yourself then in 2013 trying to make a, an independent radio, a television station and the guy is um, kipping down in your spare room. <laughs> it is a mad, 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 mad life. It's so random and crazy. That is beautifully put, by the way. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. No, I, I look, I've learned the older I've gotten and I'm not being, uh, I'm not trying to come across as a nice guy here because I'm not. The older I get, the more, the less I know. I knew more when I was 18 than I do now because when I was 18, I knew everything. I had the answers to everything. At 48, approaching 49, I haven't a clue, Mark. 
Richie, do me a favor. Start to um, start to um, be aware of your words uh, because they cast spells. And when you say you're not a nice guy, your your body, your consciousness doesn't know what you're actually saying. So it, it corresponds with your words. So will you do me a favor and start to say I'm a nice guy because I know you're a nice guy. Nobody will believe it though. Yeah, I, I, I will. I don't <laughs> care what people think. I, I care what you think. And uh, like... I am a, I am a good person. I am a kind person. I'm sick and I'm stopping myself. And uh, I, I did an interview with a, a guy called o- Ole. Uh, um, anyway, o- Ole, I was recognizing what he was doing. He was stopping himself from saying um, bad words. And I had a lot of respect for him for yeah, that because yeah. he's now becoming deeper and deeper into spirituality. And he's recognizing, he's, like me, I used to say, I'm thick as I'm as thick as mints, yeah, yeah. Right. That, so, so what you're doing is you're, you're creating it in the sense that you're confirming, reaffirming, and you're, you you become that what you 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 cast. So you've answered person. you've answered my question. Then, so you believe, and I think I know you do because I I, I think my better half has had such such discussions with you and with me. Affirmations are important, are they? They are, Richard. They're the most important thing. What else is there? Or else just keep looking at the, the sadness. Keep looking at, like, if everybody's been listening to this tonight, they're going to go away and start feeling bad. And, and that's going to make me feel bad because, you know, the secret of life is knowing your opponent, what he's trying to do. The bully in the pl- play, pl- playground, what is his plans today? What's he going to do? Now that you know what he's going to do, you might tell a few friends, but you are not going to be personal. I'm going to tell you something just before I go, Richie, and that's that's the energy frequency that we talk about as pure energy healers at the four-day course here. And some people say to me, Mark, why is it that I get sick when I'm doing healing? And I say, what do you mean sick? Well, I feel exhausted. And I said, the reason why you feel exhausted is because you are not attuning into the energy that is freely available. You have become so personal to your client that you want them to feel well. You have become so personal with your client that now you're pouring out your own energy. You're giving your own battery life to that person. That's why you're weak and exhausted. You have to learn, guys, to sever that personal feeling towards the world and towards darkness and towards Bill Gates and the new world order and all of these things. And don't let it become personal in your life because you'll become weak and exhausted like the healer that does not know how to harness and digest this energy around you, which is love, healing and the powerful force that we all can tap into at any given moment. Therefore, choose your words right heal from your heart in the sense of healing yourself. But when you are in the face of darkness, you do not become personal. You see it and you say, I accept who you are, but you are not going to affect me. And then you work on yourself and then you will not feel bad in the day. That's a fantastic place to leave it today because we're bang out of time. Made brilliant. This continued healing. I'm I'm, going to say it. I've never said it before. Sending. Um, healing and positive thoughts. Your leg is on the mend anyway. Miraculous. Well, it's not miraculous, um, but it. but far quicker than uh, far quicker than it than it should be. So you're going to be back on your feet properly in no time at all, folks. MarkBierski.com and find Mark on YouTube. Follow him there and check him out. Pretty much most days live streams and uh, great having you on, pal. I look forward to the next time. It's brilliant. Thank you.
thank you so much. And to everybody out there, uh, you're in my heart and thoughts, and there's nothing in this world that cannot stop you from being the most amazing person that you are. That's why you came here. There's only one of you. Start to look at yourself now and realize who you are and start to ask yourself, who am I and why am I here? And I promise you, you will receive the answers. Thanks, Mark. Brilliant, mate. Speak real soon. Mark Bierski on Wednesday's Richie Allen Show. Thanks so much to him. The article we discussed earlier, written by Dr. Naomi Wolf, I will, as I mentioned earlier, post it on, or a link to it, on the podcast notes. This programme, which is live, of course, will be on podomatic.com and then Spotify and iTunes and all of that. The notes will contain the link, or just go to Naomi Wolf's Substack yourself and you'll find it there. I'm sure you're capable of doing that. You'll find as a link to that very interesting article. Um, she talks about how she believes there's been a change in people and she lays a lot of that change squarely at the door of the mRNA jabs. Although, as Mark and I discussed, and I think you agree because I think the, the message is coming in unequivocal, it's not just jabs, it's got to be everything else. You know, the fear, the concern, the worry, um, all that negative energy about don't work, don't go out, don't hug granny, don't transmit the virus and all, and, and all the rest of that. So, yeah, it's a really good article. Thanks again to Jean Anne for sending me a link to it earlier on so I could send it on um, to Mark. Right. I am. I have guests tomorrow. I do. I'm sure I do. Um, but I can't tell you who they are right now. I know I said we do a phone in this week and it hasn't materialised. But shall I scrap, not scrap the guests, I could re, we could move the guests around, we could do a phone-in tomorrow. Um, I'll let you know via richieallen.co.uk, first thing in the morning. Uh, thanks again to Hayden Hewitt, I said it yesterday, I'll say it again, for looking after the website. We're going to have a rebuild of it. Um, not now, not next week or the week after, but um, we're going to give it a bit of a makeover, I think. By we, I mean uh, Hayden, and it'll have one or two different features and, and, and that. So that's kind of coming up as well. And um, I think that's pretty much it for today. Pretty much it for today. Thanks for, for your messages. I read out many of them. I mean, hundreds came in, by the way. Patricia says, thanks uh, to Mark for telling Richie to reevaluate his words. Yes, yes. Asher, look, we, we're self-deprecating the Irish. But there is a bit of truth in it. I'm not going to say it again. You know, curmudgeonly then. Is, is the word I, I would describe. But look, um, have a think about that. If we do a phone-in, I don't want to... Phone-ins are very positive, usually. So I don't want, I don't want to, to do a negative phone-in. But have a think about it. A number of you sent messages to me saying you find yourselves in, in, in a similar situation to, to, to my situation, that you are not making the effort anymore. I mean, I would regularly invite friends, old friends you know, old friends, friends from years ago, friends from five years ago, newer friends around and I would organise things and all of that and my heart's not in any of that anymore. And, and I know it's not the right place to be but it is where I am at the moment. And a number of you got in touch with me to say you kind of feel the same way. And uh, yeah, look, lots has gone on. You know, it's had an effect on all of us. Whether you were jabbed or not, most people who listen to this programme refused the jabs. I refused the jabs. My better half um, very, very loudly uh, refused the jabs. But a lot of people who listen to this programme now did have a jab. I think it's affected people. I've repeated myself on that, so I'm not going to go down that road now because the programme is over in any case. We'll talk again tomorrow at 5 o'clock UK time. Until then... 
It's uh, thanks again, once again to Mark Boyarski. I've been Richie Allen. You take care of yourselves and one another. Have a great rest of your Wednesday. Bye.